Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On this episode, I'm very, very excited about today's guest. This was a long time that we were trying to make it happen, um, and it's finally happening now, so I'm really excited. Hind Elias is an active member of TESOL International and regional TESOL affiliates. Her work in the area of teaching English is more than her job. It's her passion. She's also passionate about supporting teachers, and I'm just so thrilled to have her on my podcast to share her knowledge and experiences with all of that. Hind, welcome. Yay, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here, and I'm glad we finally made it. Uh, so thank you so much for inviting me, and I'm uh, very excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. So I, I really didn't say much about you except, you know, the, the uh, bits and pieces about TESOL. So please, there's so much more to you than that. Thank you so much. So um, I'm uh, Hinda Yaz. I'm based in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, I work at uh, the uh, National Aviation Academy. In, in Jeddah, um, and I've been living in Saudi Arabia for um, seven, eight years now. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about professional development, and I love being part of different associations. Um, I'm uh, the chair of the TESOL International Professional Development Professional Council. I recently um, uh, started, I, I'm, I'm a, a membership guide, TESOL membership guide mm -hmm. and I joined the TESOL International uh, Mentorship in ELT Committee which is the newest TESOL International PLN and I'm in other associations like um, IATEFL Global Issues. I'm very interested in global issues. Also there's the English Language Testing Society. I'm a founding member wow. and um, I joined the British Council Elton Awards uh, judge um, I was with the National Geographic as a, um, uh, an advisor. I was part of a, an advisory board for the development of a new academic skill series. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, lots, lots, Current lots, role. lots. And originally you're from Sudan, right? I'm originally from Sudan, yeah. And I uh, was born in the UK. And oh, then I nice. moved to Saudi Arabia as a child. I went to an American school. So it's just all over the place. <laughs> yeah, one, one of those um, third culture kids, now an adult, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah wonderful. So Hin, the first question I always ask my guests is if I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging, what's the first thing that comes to mind? So uh, the word belonging to me means being part of, of something in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, and I belong to my career. I love my job. I love being part of different associations. Um, I, I, I get to learn tech, different techniques and, um, and being part of TESOL actually. 
being part right. of these associations, you know, you get to learn about the best techniques um, uh, that help me be the best in my field, in my need. Um, I belong to TESOL, where I grow and learn. Uh, I'm a diehard TESOLer. <laughs> I love TESOL, and, and it helps me grow personally and professionally. And I would say um, all the associations that I'm part of, or even the ones that I was part of, like uh, TESOL Sudan, which was my first association. Wow. I was the vice president of TESOL Sudan. And then I joined Africa ELTA, which was Africa TESOL, mm -hmm. as the um, PD coordinator and then executive secretary. Had an amazing yeah. journey with Africa ELTA. And then that led me to... Um, I Ayatuffle, global issues. I'm very interested in global issues. And uh, Ayatuffle is based in the UK. Um, and then uh, TESOL Arabia is also a very special association because it's the first conference that I attended in, in uh, uh, the um, United Arab Emirates. Mm -hmm. What year was that? That was 2010. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first international conference and amazing I was just you know hooked mm -hmm. <laughs> so um and 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 just that that you know that feeling when you just everybody's there for the same reason everyone's interested in professional development everyone wants to attend conferences because you really don't find uh, like for, you don't find a lot of people who are interested in you know pd all in one place <laughs> you know it's not easy to find you know everyone in the room's interested they're all you know doing the same thing um and it was just amazing so that's where you know it all started i'm gonna ask you a quick question um that wasn't on the list of questions that i had for you just really quickly because i know you've you've um presented as a result of so many virtual conferences over the last year or two you have presented at or gone to so many different conferences. Can you name some of the conferences that you've presented at? Oh my gosh, all over the world. It's amazing. Name some of them. Okay, Nile Tiesel. Um, That's Egypt. Mm -hmm. Nile Tiesel in Egypt, Peru Tech in uh, Peru. South America, uh, yeah. Um, Colombia. Wow. Um, where else? Uh, Ukraine. Pakistan. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Not, no, Sudan wasn't this year. Um, Kuwait, uh, IATFL UK, Womentorship uh, US. Uh, where else? Um, Ecuador, Trinidad. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Um, where else? What's, what, are, what are the topics that you've presented? Lifelong learning, uh, differentiation mm -hmm. in the classroom, COVID blueprint, strategies for teachers and students, nice. uh, assessment, and I have uh, and and there's uh, up, I have some upcoming events. Oh, there's also um, TESOL. There's TESOL Greece, Spain, TESOL Spain, Hungary. Uh, where else? I, I had a list somewhere. Do you, do you <laughs> sleep? <laughs> you know, I actually, it doesn't really, you know, when you're, you really like something and you're enjoying yes. it, you feel like it's work at all. Mm -hmm. And people always tell me like, you need to slow down. I don't feel it. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I get really excited when there's a conference or a presentation or right. Right. Uh, Mexico. Yeah. I have, a, I have a list somewhere. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. That's so amazing. No, I, I, 
because I follow you on social media. I know there are so many places that you've been. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I wanted to highlight that because it's really, there are so many opportunities out there that, that you can join in uh, to attend and to present. So, uh, you know, just to encourage people to, to do that. And not only just for TESOL or IATEFL or English teaching related, but there's so many international conferences that are available and many of them are online now. Absolutely, true, true. So, and this is actually a great opportunity for people to, you know, start, uh, you know, presenting and because there's so many conferences, as you said, mm -hmm. so many opportunities and they're always looking for people. And I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there were so many people, but now, you know, you don't get lots of um, proposals because mm -hmm. people get tired and they're just not, you know, so it's a right. good opportunity for people, for beginners to, uh, you know, take the opportunity and start presenting. And yeah, uh, that's a great idea. That's a wonderful idea. So the next question I want to ask is related to your professional development experience and what does community of practice mean to you and why is it so important? So a community of community of practice is, you know, when I, um, I hear the word community of practice, I think about uh, TESOL town halls or the TESOL mm -hmm. international lounge life. It means, uh, it means a lot to me. And it's very important because it's a place where you can find people who are interested in the same, same things you're interested in. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested in PD, in conferences, presentations, networking, um, traveling. And it's very important to me personally and professionally. Right. Uh, you get to make lifelong friends. And uh, it's like a support system. Um, and it helps you expand and grow. Like, for example, if I need yeah. any advice or I have any questions, I know who to go to. And I know that they'll be able to answer my questions. Even when we moved to online teaching, I had questions. I wasn't really familiar with all these online tools. And so I mm -hmm. asked my TESOL friend, you know, they show you how to do things. Sometimes, right. they, uh, you know, they, they invite you to, like, for example, like I you know, reach out to friends and they tell you, oh, okay, let's have a Zoom meeting quickly and I'll show you how to do it. How nice. So, yeah. So um, uh, it's sharing best practices. And at every single event that I've attended, whether it's online or face-to-face, you get, uh, you know, uh, good feedback from colleagues and you also get to learn about new associations and new, because that is where people want to advertise and talk about their associations. And, mm -hmm. um, and, I, and, you know, like, for example, the TESOL affiliate uh, event, I got to meet uh, the president of TESOL uh, France wow. um, and I got invited to an event, TESOL Italy. And, you know, like we're always in touch. So it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's great. And of course, when it's face-to-face, -face, that's, that's the whole other, you know, story, you know, mm -hmm. learn about new countries, you get to meet people. It's just mm -hmm. uh, an amazing experience. Yeah. And those communities of practice are something that really uh, help us feel that sense of belonging also, because, you know, it's not just like-minded people. Sometimes people have different opinions, but they are passionate about the same things we're passionate about. Exactly. And it re-energizes you when you're feeling a bit tired or, or lost. Like you said, you know, offering different techniques, strategies, um, letting you know about new strategies that might, might help your teaching. And so, yeah, so it's really wonder wonderful. Absolutely. And a lot, uh, many people don't really understand why 
uh, other people do like free work or why they're part of association. I always get that question. How much do you get? Like, I don't get, I don't get paid. It's I'm like, you don't get paid? Why are you doing it? You know, why are you doing it? So uh, you, it's, it's nice to be around people who understand why mm-hmm. we're doing it. You know, like it's not right. always about money. It's not always about things that are, um, you know, to volunteer and do things. If you're passionate about it, that means you, you, right. you wouldn't mind you know you'd be happy right yeah it's it's um it's sort of fulfilling you know fills your cup do you have communities of practice uh in in saudi within your your own community your um university or your college Uh, yeah we do actually we there are a lot of um you know associations in saudi there's k-salt t-sol uh there's uh, saudi t-sol new association and they're always you know events nice nice um, teaching English is very important to you, as we can see. We can also see that you're very involved in professional organizations related to your work, like TESOL International and IATEFL. Uh, many people join a professional organization to learn from and network with others working in the same field. But as you were just saying, you volunteer for leadership positions. What motivates you to become so involved? Um, uh, I like the challenge. You know, um, I feel like I want to make a change and getting involved in different associations and taking on, you know, different leadership roles really um, helps you make that change. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, I was part of different associations and in each role, like, for example, uh, vice acting vice president, Tiesel Sudan, um, chair of the professional council, uh, executive secretary and PD coordinator, Africa Elta. I was also with KSALT Tiesel in Saudi Arabia as a PD coordinator and uh, National Geographic. So uh, in all these roles, I get to learn something new. Every role, there's something different. Every association, yeah, and I don't have to, it's not, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a higher role, a higher position. Like I don't Mm -hmm. mind taking on another, a different role. Like I could be a chair in one association and a, you know, Mm -hmm. membership coordinator somewhere else because you get to learn something new in each uh, organization. And then you say like, and then you see your other colleagues and you say, oh, I want to do that too. I think that's nice. And then you get to get ideas from other associations and then you can take them somewhere else and change them. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, you know, being involved in different associations helps you explore your passion and areas of interest. Like right. for example, I joined the English Language Testing Society. I was invited by uh, a good friend, Christine Combe. And um, mm-hmm. I started, um, you know, I, I, learning about assessment and I thought it was really interesting. And I thought I really didn't know that I really enjoyed it that much. Oh, so, fun. Yeah. And like, I thought, you know, I wasn't really interested in testing, but when I got to, you know, attend webinars and read about things and do presentations, mm-hmm. I thought, wow, I really like this. And I read an amazing book called The Ikigai. And it's very interesting because Ikigai mm-hmm. is a Japanese word and it means passion or reason for being. And I thought that's, that's you know, how I feel mm-hmm. um, being part of TESOL and uh, you get to discover your own passion. Like, as I said, mm-hmm. in the English Language Testing Society and um, also learning about uh, making an impact, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. like, for example, with National Geographic, um, you know, books, and then they'd ask us for feedback and uh, on content and everything. And then I thought I can actually make an impact and how I can uh, link it to the culture in Saudi Arabia, you know, like right. just changing a name 
uh, or just getting somebody to wear the thobe, the, Tha the Saudi, you know, that makes a huge difference. Like mm -hmm. when the students read a book with Arabic names. So I used to make comments like that. And I felt like, you know, I'm <laughs> kind of making an impact. Of course. That really, yeah. That, that gives you, you know, a great boost. Right. Yeah. If we're talking about culturally responsive teaching, and students seeing themselves in the literature, seeing themselves in the textbooks, that's extremely important. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah, having your finger and being able to do that, that's wonderful. True, true. Yeah. This so really go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go <laughs> ahead. And names, right? And they ask you, what the, what's this mean? You know, it's a, mm -hmm. it could be an English name, but they don't know it. So right. an Arabic name, even if they don't know the sentence, they feel like, oh, it's an Arabic name and they mm -hmm. can relate. So yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And even sometimes the topics, because I know often when we used to get textbooks, we had to go through and see if topics were really appropriate um, for, ch for children, for students, um, even adults and in, within the culture. And so being able to comment on some of those things, because the, the textbook writers don't often have that cultural awareness. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to see that the textbook publishers are trying harder to ensure that they, they, they make their textbooks for a specific region so that it is more culturally responsive to the students. True, true, absolutely. It makes a huge difference. So if, if you know, maybe based on how you got involved or, or if others are listening to this podcast and thinking, gee, uh, I don't know how to get started or I'm worried that it's going to take up a lot of my time, um, either taking on a leadership role or being involved in an association, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, this is a really good question because, um, you know, going back to communities of practice and my own experience, first, I'd like to mention that it's very important to, to you know, join a community of practice. Uh, it could be your local association. And then, you know, whether you like it or not, you'll find that you're, you know, getting into other associations. Mm -hmm. you know? And you can start with your association, the local one, or you can start with, you know, the big TESOL or IATEFL and then, you know, find your local association. Right. And the most important thing is to just get your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. um, I, I recently uh, joined as a TESOL as a uh, membership guide. So and this is what I tell uh, new members. It, it's important to get involved. And uh, the most important, like there, uh, one of the th important things that I wanted to talk about as well was different levels of participation. For example, when you're a new member joining TESOL, and this is me, you're a peripheral participant. And I was just, you know, really overwhelmed when I joined the professional development professional council. And I felt, you know, at the beginning I was a bit lost, but mm -hmm. I was just observing and I thought, okay, I'll just do this. I'm not going to do anything else. And then, uh, you know, it's the, you know, per peripheral participants are uh, people who are connected, but not really engaged because they're newcomers like me back then, or because they don't have personal commitment or they don't even have time sometimes. But when they learn about their association, we started reading about books and looking at different resources. And then, um, you know, I and, and then I started volunteering to review, you know, proposals to look at uh, manuscripts. One of my favorite books was The Six Principles. And I was really happy when there were we had we were asked to review it. So I volunteered. And then, you know, it just starts. You just mm -hmm. start doing things. Uh, 
there's so many ways we can get uh, involved, like uh, reviewing course books, re you know, um, applying for awards. And that will, when you apply for an award and you get an award, that gives you a huge boost. Like I got the um, TESOL Leadership Mentoring Program Award. And I wow, was congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, last year. And I was also an ambassador for the conference. So that makes you want to do more, you know, you just keep right. going. <laughs> it keeps like pushing you. Mm -hmm. So um, there are so many ways people can get involved. Just get your foot in the door and um, it will really, you know, motivate you and you'll keep, <laughs> you know, uh, going on. I, I think also it's, it's the being aware of and looking out for the opportunities true, to be true. able to to see that there are opportunities and having the, the sense of self-belonging or self-confidence to be able to apply for those awards or to push yourself into places that might be outside your comfort zone. But I like the fact that you said you started small and you sort of observed at the beginning. And then, then as you learned more about it, then you were um, you know, you got more involved. And Absolutely. so people sort of just take your time. It seemed like, I mean, now to look at you, you would say, wow, you've been doing that for a long time. But when you first started out, it sounds like you started small. Yeah, true, true. And then you start moving to the core and you start getting more involved and taking on roles. And then I never thought of you know, when I first started, I thought I'll just be a member and then, you know, I started, you know, applying for other roles and joining other associations. And it's really motivating. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, you mentioned at the beginning when you were uh, talking about yourself, when you were giving your bio uh, about uh, well, mentorship. And so I would love to, for you to talk about it. You're a founding member of uh, well mentorship and elt that's the that's the name of the newest um it's not an intersection i think it's a pln a pln right it's the newest one in in tsol international so how did you get involved in the group and why is it so important to you um actually, and then tell us a little bit about it what is it um actually i got involved i met laura um it was uh, uh, one of the uh, the affiliate affiliate events, the TESOL mm -hmm. affiliate event, and then we got connected on LinkedIn on Facebook, and she was following my post, and then she reached out to me and said, "Oh, why don't you join our? Uh, I have an idea. Let's talk about it." And you know, mm -hmm. and that's how I got to uh, join the uh, committee, and that's communities of practice as well, right? It brings people together. Right. To work and meet each other, and 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 you know, share ideas and be part of you know, something new. Mm -hmm. um, and Womentorship in ELT focuses on empowering women personally and professionally. And I've always been interested in, in supporting women. Um, uh, when I was in Sudan, I, I worked at UNICEF uh, for oh, a short period, uh, well, mm -hmm. for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And it was part of a major campaign that tackled different issues. And one of them, and when we were, we had this radio uh, soap opera, um, and it was very interesting. One of the one it, it focused on child soldiers. One of the main topics was also female genital mutilation. Mm, and, you know, wow. all the stories that we heard and it was just so motivating and inspiring, uh, you know, people trying to help 
women and um, mm-hmm. um, fight this uh, <laughs> crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stories that we heard and it was just really, and then we had this campaign where we had this, um, we wear the Sudanese uh, thobe and we designed a, a special one with different colors that represented, mm-hmm. um, there was a word which was called, the word was salima means intact, uh, uh, not circumcised. And the colors were, you know, different colors, yellow, red, green, uh, orange. And that color represented uh, a, a female who was not circumcised. And, you know, there were posters. Ever, and I was I was part of the whole process, you know, uh, wow. logo. And I can still see it around uh, my city in Sudan when I go. And it just makes you feel really proud and just being part of that campaign. And I just mm-hmm. feel it's really important to empower women, especially in, in right. uh, countries like Sudan and um um, you know, helping women. And I went to a, uh, a university in Sudan, which was um, a women's university. It was all about, you know, empowering women and, mm-hmm. and supporting women. We used to go on field trips to rural areas. So right. it was very, very interesting. And that's why when, when Laura told me about Women to Show, I was like, yes, I'm in. So um, yeah, that's why. And I, I really enjoy being part of it. We had um, two great events. Uh, our last, our most recent one was um, about coffee, which I'm addicted to coffee. So we got people from all around, all around the world. We had Ethiopia, we had the U.S., um, Egypt, Pakistan. Everybody's like talking about uh, Puerto Rico. Everyone talking about you know coffee traditions and how coffee empowers women, empower women, empowering women. So it was really interesting. It was exciting, and I'm really happy to be part of. Um, this amazing committee. Yes. And the, I was there at that particular event and yes. it was yes. so fascinating because you can see that each culture has its own way of, of, of doing coffee, what they talk about coffee, different traditions and histories with coffee, some a bit older than others. And the role of, of women with, with the coffee and, you know, we wouldn't necessarily think so it was such a creative topic and each of the ladies who presented was just so passionate about sharing her culture's relationship with, with coffee um, and also tea, uh, but mostly coffee, which was, which was really, really cool. It's a lot of research lately into the, um, the relationship of women in uh, teaching English language in ELT. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because you wouldn't think that there would be, that would be an issue, but I guess it's an issue everywhere. How do you how do you see that in terms of you personally and in, in teaching English and the kind of things that well mentorship is is trying to do women mentoring other women in the ELT uh, field? How how important is that? What kinds of things do you do you hope to do even individually? What, what do you do in order to um, support your your colleagues, your female colleagues? Um, you know, when I, um, when I think about woman to woman to woman to ring, yeah, I like that. Yes. <laughs> I think about, um, someone I worked with, uh, Tiso Sudan, one of our, uh, members 
And she was so, her name, her name's Nancy. And she was so passionate and so, so young as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought like, it, it's really important for, you know, and I, I, I'm still in touch with her. She moved to Canada and we still like talk and she just needed that guidance, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that she's going to be a president of one of the associations someday. She's very, wow. confident, but she just needed like a push or, you know, just mm-hmm. something really just this guidance to tell them where to go, what to do. Right. The new members, like they, like as a member, uh, membership guide, people think it's impossible to do things or impossible to join an association. Mm-hmm. Even I did before, when I joined my, when I attended my first conference, I thought, Oh, I'll never be part of TESOL. But, you know, I got, I got a lot of support from friends and colleagues who, who pushed me and gave me that support and, and, you know, and, and I'm mm-hmm. really grateful so, uh, you know, just supporting each other, um, especially, you know, newcomers and, and right. just telling them what to do. It's not difficult. It's just just guidance, you know, just be, be their yeah. friend and show them what to do. And that will really change their lives. You know, I've, it can have a you know, great impact. Yeah, we definitely need to be there for each other. I've always talked about I think we're getting better at it because there's a lot of discussion about it. But I always thought that uh, men had a great way at networking, but women don't really know how to network very well. So it's wonderful to see examples like yourself of being able to network so that you have colleagues all over the globe. And just from these connections, like the one you had with Laura, the one you have with Christine Combe, that you have had this, these chances and opportunities that have come to you and that you've taken. And it's all about the networking, right? And supporting each other. It's perfect what you just said. True, true. Definitely. Like, it's just, you know, you just have a cup of coffee with someone and, uh, uh, you know, then you're (laughs) friends for a lifetime. I mean, and to be honest, I feel like the people who I meet at conferences and, you know, my TESOL friends and, um, are actually very close because we share so we we have a lot in common mm-hmm. and uh, you know we like to do the same things traveling to conferences attending conferences right. so other people might think it's boring or just a waste of time but mm-hmm. because this is what I'm really passionate about it's nice to be around people who are who share the right. same passion right so right yeah and actually you know an observation just on my part for people who are thinking which I used to think that you know, you attend a conference with thousands of people and you're just one little speck and you you don't think that you'll ever be able to meet the people who have been in TESOL for years and years and years like Christine Combe and others. And there you are, you know, networking with them, talking to them, having opportunities with them. And so it can be done. I think it's just a matter of opening up your eyes uh, and seeing those opportunities and and seizing them, right? True, 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 absolutely. And even um, you know all the opportunities that we get through TESOL, just you know um, whenever there's a call for uh, volunteers or uh, you know applying for an award, um, I thought I would never get an award, but I applied, and 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 I'm I'm working with uh, Luciana, she's my mentor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christine was the one who, you know, pushed me to join. And, nice. And I applied and I, I thought oh, I'm not going to get it. And I did, you know, <laughs> even my role as a chair, I thought, okay, I'm not going to get it. I'll apply. But I, I, I did, I got it. So um, it's just, you know, just being active and mm-hmm. 
putting yourself out there. Believing in yourself, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, this has been fun and so uh, interesting to me. And I was so glad we finally connected. And what is there anything that I, I didn't ask you about or anything you wanted to make sure to touch upon before we finish? You know, I just think it's it's very important to uh, for newcomers or anybody to just make use of all the opportunities that uh, we get through these associations and and uh, as especially TESOL, for example, you can just start with you know reviewing proposals or or you know uh, volunteering, joining a council, and then you know you'll find yourself you know in different places. So just a small step, just, you know, uh, applying for something or volunteering, joining a council, and then eventually you'll be able to get more involved and, and grow. Absolutely. Yes. Just take that first step and associations work, you know, around volunteers and they also understand that, you know, you're working full-time and you're, you're a volunteer. And so, you know, when, when things are are busy, they understand if, you know, there's certain things that you can't do or don't have time to do or whatever, but at least put yourself out there and get involved to begin with and uh, see what it looks like. So yeah, great advice. And where can people find you if they want to uh, jump off and, uh, and look for you right away? Where are the best places? And of course I'll include it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Facebook, <laughs> um, Hind El Hakim Elias. That's mm-hmm. my Facebook name. I'll, I can share it with you. And Perfect. on LinkedIn as well. I'm also uh, active on LinkedIn. I have 30,000 contacts. And, wow. And I like it when I go somewhere and I, you know, someone says, oh, you're Hind from LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific, Hind. I love it. Is, uh, even at my job, uh, you know, my manager said, oh, I, I, I know you from LinkedIn. So it really helps me with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, conferences, but, you know, jobs as well. So yeah, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, and it's all wonderful. I can type my name here. I'll just uh, put it in the chat box. Perfect. Well, Hint, thank you so much. I appreciate that you um, that we finally got together yes. and we're not very far from each other. As we said before, we started recording you in Saudi Arabia and me in Kuwait. So hopefully Absolutely. when things reopen and to get things get a little bit easier, we'll be able to see each other in real life. That would be wonderful. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I actually visited Kuwait twice for TESOL Kuwait conference. Yeah, hopefully when things, you know, get better, yep. um, it would be great to meet face-to-face. Absolutely. Thanks again, Hind. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to belonging, that's journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.